For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Syndrome with me, Shane Told. I'm your host, as always, as I take you into some incredible backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. We've got a repeat guest, but what a musician. Mr. Josh Ramsey, you know him from his work in Mariana's Trench. However, he just came out with an absolutely mind-blowing solo album. This thing is unbelievable. It's called The Josh Ramsey Show, aptly named because this record is all over the place in an amazing way. So many different styles of music, everything from you know a rock track featuring Chad Kroger of Nickelback to, you know, like a instrumental Star Wars-esque anthem to, uh, there's a country song on here, there's a pop song, um, and yeah, he wrote a symphony uh, for his late father. So, if there's one record that you need to check out, it's the new one from Josh Ramsey, which is out right now, came out on April 8th. Man, this is a great conversation. Josh is incredible. I cannot wait for you all to hear this one. We're going to get into it in just a minute, but of course, I need to remind you of a couple of things. The first being, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm very much available. You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. 
And if you want to support the show monetarily, financially, if you want to throw me a bone, this thing will always be free, but I do rely on the support from my sinners worldwide. You know who you are. I know who you are. I love you all. And we've been having some great hangs on this tour, man. I'm, I'm able to hang out with some, some people that, that give every single day. So, uh, trust me, this is a great community of other fans of the show and and we talk about everything in a really cool Facebook group. And of course, you get access to bonus content and and merchandise and all kinds of stuff as well. So head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. That gets you in for as little as $6 a month. It's a good time. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And yes, just a few more shows on this Beartooth run that Silverstein is doing. But we are coming back to Europe super soon, just about a month away. And there's going to be some big tour announcements as well, which you're going to hear about really soon. So keep your ear to the ground, silversteinmusic.com for everything on that side as well. But let's get into it. This is just such a good interview with the man, Mr. Josh Ramsey. Josh, I'm, I'm fantastic, man. Let me make sure I have your audio okay. Whoa, I'm yep. cranked. Uh, yeah, talk to me. Hello. One more time. Check, 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 check. Perfect. We got you. Great. Dude, you're looking great, man. You too, my friend. Uh, it's nice to see you. I think last time we did... No, actually, we did do video on the last one, which is rare for me. I don't do that much video. But dude, congrats, man, on this record. Um, and I really mean that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I got this thing sent to me and I just like kind of put it on and listened to it and was like about by the fifth track I was like what is going on like this record is <laughs> there's so much to this thing um and then after you know I started to dive a little deeper into you know reading the the notes from your publicist and stuff I was like oh my god this is there's a lot of meaning behind this not just a whole bunch of incredible arrangements and songs like Seriously, dude. I mean, I know I say I talk about music all the time and I'm always excited about new music, but this is like next level, dude. Oh, uh, thanks so much, man. That's really nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, like, I just kind of want to start with the tunes, like putting this thing on. I mean, the first song and a half, we've got a 70s rock anthem, guest vocals from Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Yeah. There's like mad upright bass riffing. Uh, like a 1940s big band influenced track, uh, giant, this giant sounding horn section, huge keychain, And that's like the first literally song and a half of this, of this record. Um, and then, yeah. you, and then you got 16 and a half more tracks to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I know like I, I obviously love Marion's trench. And last time we spoke was, was such a great interview and you do a lot with that band, but you really took it to a next level with this one. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I, um, you know, I didn't, 
I always planned on doing a record where I played all the instruments myself. And, and um, I've sort of put that off for a long time because I'm busy with my band and writing for other artists as well. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, okay, perfect time. We're all in quarantine anyway. Right. And um, if I'm being honest, I felt like on the, the, the last Mariana's Trench album, Phantoms, I came under a deadline crunch. I'm sure you've probably had this too. And I, I came under a deadline crunch and I felt like the album was missing three songs. I felt like it needed three more songs. And then this album, because the pandemic was going on and the whole world was just turned off, there was no deadlines whatsoever. I could just lock myself in a room and tinker away for as long as I wanted. Uh, hence, we have 18 tracks of nonsense. <laughs> right. So almost, almost the opposite problem, right, yeah. in a way. Um, I mean, nonsense is, let's not say that. I mean, I know your little self-deprecation there is okay. But um, yeah, I mean, to, to add, and that's the, what I described before just the first two tracks the third track is like a modern country inspired song dallas yeah. smith feature uh fourth is like an instrumental soundtrack piece that sounds like it could be a movie soundtrack and then track yeah. five is like a synth pop modern pop take so that's a lot to squeeze in in uh you know a third of the record not even a third of the record and then of course from there you know lots of new sounds come up there, there isn't there isn't a lot of like repeats if you will no and and that's no. like a thing that as a musician myself there's always times when there'll be a bunch of songs in the band and you're kind of like well that song's kind of like that song or it occupies right. like it occupies like a similar space or it does so the like, same function on yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so then okay well we'll pick one or the other but it seems yeah. like as much as you just said like okay we've got 18 you know songs of tracks of of redundancy or nothingness or whatever word you used every song really does have its place on this thing. Yeah. There's, uh, I really tried hard not to repeat myself um, at, at all and, um, and just sort of uh, commit really hard to each, each genre. Um, and that was, it was fun, man. And you know what? It actually reminded me like, so when I was growing up, um, my dad had little mountain studios sound, little mountain sound um, where there's all these huge bands recording all the time. And uh, eventually he, the, the studio was so booked that he, um, he didn't have time to use it himself. So he built a studio at our house. So we had this beautiful vintage Neve console at, wow. the, at the house wow. that I got to learn how to engineer and produce on when I was very young. And that was around that time was when I started learning to play um, various instruments because I was writing songs and I needed to record them. And I was like, well, the song should have drums. So I should probably learn how to play drums and so on and so forth. <laughs> so uh, to fast forward to now, um, making an album by myself like this, um, it just reminded me of being a teenager. I felt like a kid again. It was exactly like how I made music when I was a kid. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, some of the instrumentation, I know, I mean, we talked last time in depth about, I think, I think I tried to get you to count how many instruments you played and it, like, you didn't really even know. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't right. Know. But like, you know, just hearing like a little tuba, like, or something like that, you know, or whatever that instrument is like here and all the horns, like you did all that yourself. No, I did. Sorry. I, I played all the core stuff, but I did hire a horn section. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a horn section and, um, uh, the final song in the album, that's all real. And that's, that's the Vancouver film orchestra. That's a full symphony orchestra. Yeah, no. I, and you can tell, I mean, there's just something about it, that the tone of it and the feeling of it. Um, and, and, and talking about the last track of the record miles and miles yeah, about your father, your late father. Um, and I mean, 2020, I know is a real, can I say shit show for you? <laughs> For everybody, um, for the whole world, well, not well, just me. It's true. I mean, it's true. Literally, it's a year everyone on earth will remember. Uh, yeah. A lot of people struggled immensely with, but for you, you know, even more intense, like I understand you got married at the beginning of the year. I did. But yeah. then you, 
you lost both your parents in 2020, which is, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that, man. Oh yeah. Thank you. I mean, um, it's, uh, I lost them almost six months to the day apart. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it was, it was difficult, but at the same time, um, I think in some ways it was maybe like I was in shock of course, but, um, in some ways it was a little bit easier to deal with because it was just, they both went, it was like a band aid. Let's just get it over with in, in a way. I don't mean to sound cold. Like it was obviously hard, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it was something I wanted to address. Um, I wanted to address both of them on the album, but not in a downer way. Like I really wanted this album to feel positive for people when they listen to it. I want it to be a positive. I, hey dude, it's 2022. We don't need no dark shit right now. You know, like right. no, nobody needs that. Um, so I, I really wanted to, rather than addressing the loss of both of them, I wanted to address the love to both of them and sort of pay homage to each of them. Um, and that song from my dad, um, the reason why I wrote it and why I wrote it the way I did was one of the big things that I learned from my dad was um, arrangement, um, vocal arrangement, um, uh, instrumental arrangement. I learned all that stuff from my dad. He was a wicked arranger. Um, so I was like, you know, the, the best way to, to pay tribute to my dad would be to do a huge musical flex and show off all the things that I can do because he taught me how to do them. So I wrote him a symphony. Yeah. Um, and recording it was super difficult because <laughs> I wrote the thing using sample libraries and I thought that I was just going to have to just be fake, uh, just be fake sample libraries to, to, for the finished product because of COVID, we couldn't record a whole symphony in a room, right? You can't do that. Right. Especially if you think about like strings are one thing, they can wear masks, but horns and woodwinds cannot. So it's like, what do we do? And that's a lot of air in the room for a, for a pandemic. Sure. Um, and then we sort of realized that I was like, well, it, you know, the warehouse is a big studio. Um, how many people are we allowed to have? If they're socially distant, how many people are we allowed to have at a time? And that, I don't remember what the exact number was, but it was about five or six people. So I was like, okay, let's just record the symphony one fucking section at a time. So it was like, okay, you know, uh, this afternoon we're doing basses, then, uh, then we'll do cellos and then we'll do violas uh, and then, okay, then we're doing flutes. And, then we're, and it was just slowly, we pieced that together. And eventually because of mic redundancy that happens when you do that, the, that song has something like 350 tracks. And uh, <laughs> the, so the recording of it was like epic. It took so long to record it. And then it was, and then again, to edit it all together so that it felt like one thing was weeks. I was working on that thing for weeks. And then, dude, that's not even the, that's not even the end of it. Cause then we had to mix the fucking thing and mixing it was insane because <laughs> it's just the two, like I asked my sister to sing on that song. Cause who else would I ask other than my sister? For sure. So Sarah came in and she sang, she sounds great. Um, and uh, Dave Ogilvy and Zach Blackstone and myself were working on that mix for about a week because there's so much going on. There's so many inner parts and I know them like the back of my hand because I wrote it and I'm wanting to make sure that the listener notices every single cool little part. Um, so, you know, we worked forever on like, okay, the, I'm not hearing the cellos singing this one line here. Okay. Where's the flutes here? Okay. Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm losing the violas. So working on all this stuff, we were mixing that thing for like a week straight. We finally get to the end. We're proud of it. We've we've gone we've gone back to the drawing board so many times. It's been the most epic. That's the most epic mix session I've ever done. More than like the Mariana's Trench all over the place epics. This was more. This was like the most intense mix ever. Yeah. Getting the vocal to sit in there as well. Then that's the difficult thing. So we finally get to the end. We finished it. We're congratulating ourselves. <laughs> We take a day off. We're coming in and Brian Adams is working upstairs and Brian comes downstairs and he's hanging out. Lovely guy. And um, he, we play him this song. Uh, so we play him the song and he's very complimentary. Uh, and then at the end of it, he goes, okay, 
So when you guys mix it, and we're like, when we mix it, that's the fucking mix, dude. And, 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 oh, no. And, right? And I was like, that's blood, sweat, and tears, man. And Brian's like, he's like, well, when you mix it, I really think the lead vocal's got to be a lot louder. And I was like, I, I thought about that. And I was like, well, if Brian Adams is telling me that my vocal isn't loud enough, I'm going to listen to Brian Adams. And so we went back and we, we, we kept the instrumental the same, but we, we spent another two days doing vocal rides to get it right up to where it should be. And basically what had happened was I had been so obsessed over the inner parts of the symphony and wanting to make sure that everyone heard that. Right. I wasn't paying attention to the first carnal rule. Can you understand the lyrics? Right. No, no, hundred, hundred percent. That that's definitely easy to have happen. Like you're worried, oh, about, yeah. the, you're worried about one viola section, but I mean, I guess, I guess in hindsight, you know, being able to record the symphony in pieces probably, well, it made, you had to have a lot more decision. You, you were able to have a lot more decisions during mixing, right? Yeah. A lot more freedom, but also it must've been like, you're kind of like, well, damn, like if it was just the way it was, then that's fine, you know, but now it's like shit how, yeah, you know, now it's like so many more decisions I have to make with mixing. That's, that's tough. Definitely. I mean, you have, we did have a lot more control because everyone was recorded on their own. So you, you really did have the control to turn up people just for this one note or whatever, where that's a way more difficult to do when you record everyone all together. Uh, but yeah, it also made it way more difficult to mix. <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. I mean, I think your dad being, you know, that he was a, a producer, recording engineer, arranger, like you said, I think he'd be proud of you for, you know, for putting that all together. I think so. I hope so. And doing it real too. Cause I'm sure back in his day, like, you know, I'm not sure how, how old your father was when he passed or anything or what era, like he grew up in, but I'm sure like, you know, everyone in their certain era is a little bit of a purist, right? Yeah. For like, yeah. you know, so I'm sure when Pro Tools came out, maybe he rolled his eyes a little bit or... No, he was, he loved Pro Tools. He loved Pro Tools. Okay. So he was, he was, okay. So he was a forward thinking guy, but you know, yeah. sometimes people don't like the first time you hear auto-tune, you're like, what? That's cheating or, you know, whatever, those kinds of things. My, he did feel like that. Both of my parents felt like that. No auto-tune. No right. Auto -tune. Right. And, uh, and, and I your, still, do, I still don't really use much auto-tune to this day, actually. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd never know. I mean, this record, your voice sounds as good as you've ever sounded on this thing. Too, oh, as thanks, well, man. man. You know, the other thing I wanted to add about that song, um, uh, the, the way the song ends, it ends with a little acapella thing at the, the, the way the whole album ends, ends with a little acapella thing. And that's the one thing uh, in the song that I didn't write. That is a quote from one of my dad's arrangements. So it actually finishes with a, with a little quote of, uh, of something of, of my dad's. That's a beautiful thing. Well, and there's also a song you wrote for your mom too, which is called Spellbound. And it's, it's a little bit more like a, a McCartney, late yeah. Beatles, McCartney kind of, um, yeah. bouncy, Beatles fun, a little quirky, uh, which I, from what I understand, what you've said about your mom is kind of like her personality. Yeah, she was, she was, <laughs> she was quite magical. So that's why I called it Spellbound. And she was quite goofy. Um, and her era, like she was, um, she was a BG singer in, um, in Leonard Cohen's band. Um, so uh, sort of her contemporary time as in the, in the prose was, was mainly the late sixties and then throughout the seventies. Um, so hence why I wrote it to be that sort of Beatlesy, yeah. um, that Beatlesy vibe. And, and, you know, the, if you listen to some of that old Beatles stuff, um, they, they definitely had a habit of writing sort of simple, uh, simple pop songs that were all overdubbed orchestral instruments. Uh, Eleanor Rigby is like that. All you need is love is like that. Yep. So I wanted to write something that felt like that. 
Um, and uh, so, you know, to get the strings super tight like that, we we baffled off the room intensely and there was no room mic. So everything's very intimate. I also learned a lesson there because um, I wrote it using samples and then replaced the samples with real players. And um, because the string parts are, are super quick staccato the whole time and there's only one player per part they don't actually have time to adjust the tuning like they would for a long note right um like when we like just like when we sing right like that 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 is a lot right. harder than ah because we have time to adjust sure so getting getting that in tune was very difficult for them but they got it um and it was also the only time because my mom was kind of silly and kind of goofy i wanted to have some of that in there so I, it was the only time in my professional career that i was giving uh, feedback to the musicians saying stuff like, can you play it goofier? Can you play it sillier? <laughs> is there a way, is there a way to make this sound sillier, you know, more fun? Uh, and I think it sort of ended up feeling like a Beatlesy trip to Disneyland. That's yeah, kind of what the song feels that's like. That's totally yeah. what it feels like. No, it, it was a great track too. Um, and I, thank you. I think you, you really paid your parents proud. I mean, without getting too emotional, I mean, it must, is it sad that you made this kind of incredible record from start to finish, including songs with their inspiration, but you know, they'll never be able to hear it. I mean, that, um, uh, you know what? Um, I mean, of course it is, but, um, I, this is true and this is going to sound ridiculous, but, um, so when I got the mastering back, um, I, I went to my studio and just by myself and I listened to the album front to front to back, um, to, uh, to approve of the mastering or see if I had notes for mastering. And I was the, I listened to start to finish by myself. And when the last notes faded, um, I know this is sounds ridiculous, but I just I felt like they were there, and I felt I felt like a hand on each on each of my shoulders, um, and I I feel like they did listen through it with me. Yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised, man. Honestly, like, I felt just, like it. I felt like I'm gonna choose. To, I'm gonna choose to take it that way anyway. It's and I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think they were there to support you through this this process and put together. I feel like it. Yep. Put together the Josh Ramsey Show, which is out April eighth. There we go. We'll turn it into a plug. Um, <laughs> no, dude, it's this thing. I mean, I just cannot cannot say more amazing things about it. Um, uh, thanks so much, man. That's really nice of you. You know, I know you've got some some dates coming up with Marinus Trench and, and stuff. Do you have solo stuff coming? What do you do when you put a record out like this and you want to promote it? Like, can you play it live? Like, can you adapt things? Like, what, what do you do? Because obviously you're not thinking about this when you're putting the record together. No, no. And in fact, I, uh, this, there's a little bit of advice to any other musician out there. Never make choices about like, when you're in the studio working on the song, make the song the best it can be. Don't ever be like, how are we going to do this live? You'll figure it out later. That's, that's, don't compromise the song. Never compromise the song. I agree. Um, but, um, so yeah, I, I've put together a band that features a lot of multi-instrumentalists, um, and, uh, a few other people who can also cover lead vocals because there's a lot of duets and obviously I'm not touring with the entire roster of this album. Right, right. Um, we're, and obviously we're going to have to have like the, the actual symphony. We're going to have to have that on backing tracks. That's the only way to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're putting it together and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to get a lot of, um, a lot of surprise guests at shows too, I think to come in and, and sit in uh, whether it's on vocals or on another instrument or what have you. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different. Um, it's going to be different uh, for sure. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Have, have have the dates gone? Are there dates up right now or anything? The first leg, they they have. There's there's more coming, but they they haven't announced that yet. But there's also there's there's more Canadian dates, I believe, and um, there's more there's U.S. dates and there's European dates. Yes, I'm seeing here uh, May 25th, Toronto at the Danforth. Yeah, uh, a bunch of Ontario shows: Belleville, Ottawa, Brantford, Kingston, Guelph. 
Uh, I lived in Guelph for a long time uh, and oh, London. Yeah. So yes, you're playing. That's the real 401 tour right there. That rules, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. The that's Golden great. Horseshoe. There you go. That's that's a beautiful thing. Um, cool. Well, and all the Canadian fans appreciate that you. Not only are you Canadian and proud to be Canadian, a lot of Canadian features uh, on this too. Um, yeah. Uh, the quick list here, we've got Chad Kroger of Nickelback, of course, uh, Dallas Smith, Fifi Dobson, Serena Ryder, uh, Rhea May, DJ Shark Apocalypse, Tyler Shaw, and your sister, um, probably more I forgot. It's an incredible list of people um, to make this record with you. How do you go about choosing people and having using their voice and kind of finding their their step? I mean some people might, might be a little intimidated with being on this project. Um, uh, I don't know about that. Um, but I mean, basically for the most part, there was a, there's a couple songs that where that didn't happen, but for the most part, I was just like, I would start working on something and then I would start to be like, who, who might I ask to do this? And at that point, if I, if I arrived at a choice of who I would, who my dream collab would be on the song, then I would sort of, picture that person's voice and write for that voice and and then just hope that they would say yes <laughs> yeah. and um so so almost all of the songs were written for that specific person with a couple with, with, with a couple of caveats the, the one with tyler shaw um the one with tyler shaw i can't give it up um so i wrote i i love tyler and i wanted to work with him so i actually wrote a different song that it wasn't good enough. So I never sent it to him. I wrote like a sort of Ed Sheeran singer songwriter, acoustic -y kind of song. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out. I too have a cutting room floor. <laughs> so I, I didn't send it to Tyler. And at the same time I was working on a song to pitch to Brian Adams. Um, and, uh, so I, I had thought a long and hard about like what kind of song would a modern day Brian do. And I sort of arrived at like an Adele type of song. Um, and I specifically wrote it in the same key as summer of 69, because I know he still sings everything in the original keys, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I sent it to Brian and then it came back that uh, Brian was too busy. Uh, fair enough. Um, Brian was too busy. He was working on like three albums or some crazy, you know, Brian Adamsy type thing. Um, and uh, so the song came back. Um, Brian was too busy. So, okay, cool. Um, uh, you know, can't blame a guy for asking. And the, but I still really wanted to work with Tyler. And I was like, I was like, Tyler, you know, I have this song. Um, the song I wrote for you didn't turn out, but I have this other song. Do you want to give it a go? And Tyler sent me back his vocals literally like the next morning. Um, and that one was a real pleasant surprise because it wasn't the voice I had been picturing the whole time. It was a completely new interpretation of it that I wasn't expecting. Um, and it it was and it was so great for the song, just in a totally different way. And it was like a great surprise. That's cool. Um, there, there, yeah. There's one other song. Um, there's one other song on the record that ended up just being me. Um, but I wrote it, um, I wrote it to pitch it to sting uh. same, basically the same feedback happened where he was working on like three albums again. Fair enough. There you go. Um, but I knew I was going to, it was his manager, Martin, um, assigned me uh for two albums in the states um he, uh, for a company called cherry tree at that time they were in uh, interscope and martin um so i knew i knew martin was behind me because he had signed me before so martin when he heard i was doing an album with a bunch of collaborators he texted me and was like you should write something to pitch to sing um and you know i've met sting a couple of times i know him to be very humble super down to earth which is insane he's like 
he's like totally unaware of his own icon status. Like he's like totally unaware of his stingness, you know, which is, which is very refreshing, which is lovely to see. Um, anyway, so, so Martin texted me and said, you should write something to pitch the sting. And I was like, really? Uh, do you think he would do it? And he was like, yeah, I do. Like you should write something. I mean, I'll make sure he hears it. Trust me. And I was like, okay. So, um, so basically I set about, I, I know I checked with him. I was like, does he still sing everything in the original key? Cause sting sings super high. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yep, everything's in the original key. And I was like, okay. Um, so here we go. So basically what I tried to do was what if the police came out in 2022, what would that sound like? And so that's what I wrote. Um, and, um, and the song is called reckless heart. Um, and I sent it to them. And then of course that was right when he was like getting ready to work on the third album of the year and the timing was off and it didn't work out, but I wasn't bummed out about it because I never would have written that song had I not been writing it specifically right. for him. You know what I mean? So right. I still got, a, I still got what I feel is a great song out of it, um, which is the most important part. Well, the second that I'm done with you, I'm going to put your record back on and listen to reckless heart and listen for yeah. police and, and, and can't give up and listen for Brian Adams. Cause that is, yeah. that is super cool. Yeah, no, I mean, was there ever a thought of like, ah, maybe I'll leave these off and maybe like one day it'll happen and just have the record be 16 tracks because, or did it just feel like these, these just all needed to come right, come out right now? They need, It's a collection. They needed to be together. Um, they definitely needed to be together for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was all the, the whole, out, it's, it's funny. Um, the, there were only two songs that got cut cause they just weren't there. They weren't strong enough. Um, like I said, the one that I actually wrote for Tyler, um, it had a great verse, but just, I never got a great chorus out of it. So I, that one, I just put away and I'll revisit it at some point. Sure. Um, and then there was one very like R and B, um, almost hip hop type vibe where I was going to ask someone to rap cause I don't rap. Um, and, uh, and the chorus just wasn't quite there um but maybe i'll come back to those two at some point wow wow what a record yes everyone needs to check this thing out um and and definitely go see you live with more shows thanks man when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So uh, yeah, with Mariners Trench, like like I know I know you have you know your own studio that you you operate when you're not you know on the road and and doing your own music yeah. and stuff. Um, what's the plan now, like moving forward with with Mariana's and and like what do you like kind of what's next for the rest of uh, of this year? Um, well, I, I'm doing a fucking whole juggling act right now, man. Um, so here's what I got going on. <laughs> okay, I got to tour this record. And there's, like I said, there's more dates that we haven't announced yet. So touring with, with a different band. And then there's also festival dates for Mariana's. So we're going to do some of those. I don't think they're all announced yet either. We're also in the studio working on the next Mariana's record as we speak. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on that. And then I'm also working on um, a, a lovely Hollywood director, 
um, contacted me about about writing the music for a movie musical that has not been made yet. So I'm also working on that. Oh, wow. Movie musical. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of the, you know, sort of I'll call them interludes for lack of a better word on your on your um, new solo record, too, that are very cinematic. Uh, have you done much with that? Like, um, I feel like you're just a perfect candidate to to do any, really anything, any genre. Um, but of course, something more in that realm, what you just mentioned, uh, yeah, thanks, would, would really work, I, I guess, in your wheelhouse. I really, um, the, the writing for a musical, um, I've only, I've written five songs for it so far. And that's, um, it's, it's a really fun challenge and it's totally different um, because you're, you're, you're given a breakdown of like, okay, who's the character that's singing this and what did they want out of this scene? Where are they at the beginning of the scene? Where are they at the end of the scene? Do they accomplish their goal? Do they not? And here's a song about it. Right. So it, it's a much more narrative type of, of, of songwriting, which, um, which I really like and writing for having like sort of dis, what style of song does this character always sing? What style of song does this character always sing? So that's been a really fun, uh, that's been a really fun exercise. Um, I don't think it's like uh, when Kevin, the director was talking to me about it, he was like, you know, when he was initially talking to me about it, he said, you know, you with Mariana's records, you're already writing in like themes and stuff. Anyway, I don't think it's going to be that hard for you to translate this to music theater. Um, and so far, so far, so good. But in terms of the like film score sounding stuff, that's just something I've sort of slowly evolved into loving to do as well. And um, I'm hoping that I get a gig to, to score an actual like Hollywood movie at some point. I feel like I will. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's coming. I feel like you're, you're the, the pieces in, in your new record are kind of like your little audition tape maybe of like what you can do, you know? Cause I'm, I'm like listening to this being like, damn, like I'm picturing like Will Smith fighting like an alien or like something like that. And like some of the, some of them, it's, they're very like, very, very good. So I'm thanks, man. I'm, I'm I've also been man. doing um, on social media. I've actually been. I've done it a couple of times. I've. Uh, I just take a scene from a movie off of YouTube and then kill the sound and then write a new <laughs> score for it and put it up. Damn, I've been doing man. that too. That's amazing. I don't know where you find the time, my friend, to do uh, all this stuff. <laughs> right? You. I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Um, Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment with Josh. Ramsey. Um, so yes, <laughs> no, I want to talk about Mariana, Mariana's for a little bit. You, you touched sure. on it that you said that you're working on a new record. It's been what, three years now since, um, uh, Phantoms came out. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you've got a few ideas. You and the other guys have some ideas of, of what's going to happen. Oh yeah. Um, can you spill the beans on like anything, any timelines? Cause there's no been, there's been no singles either, right? There was, I think a remix track you guys did, of something from Phantoms, maybe possibly uh, since, but but I I mean there has not been new new ma music from the from Mariana's at, at all. So yeah, the I um, I mean I was too busy doing 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 this thing, um, but um, yeah yeah we're starting. So we're I'm like full time working on Mariana's right now. Um, I can't say i don't think i should say it with the like we always have a world and a theme that we do i don't think i should say just yet exactly what it is but um uh it is it's going to be the most uh, it's the most narrative idea i've had the most the most like storytelling idea that i've had for an album um and i've done that a little bit before but this is really specifically sort of storytelling um and i'm really excited about that and it actually is gonna like this the sound of the album is kind of drawing a little bit from that film score sounding stuff because i'm think i'm really thinking of storytelling so that that is working its way into the mariana's record okay okay a little bit cryptic there but i'm sure the fans the fans are, are going to be 
going to be excited. It's it's going to be a really fun adventure. I'll say Abs- that. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more things I want to touch on. I think we, we touched on it very quickly, but I think it deserves a little bit more touching on. Track two, Blame It on the Beat, um, putting together this, just all this instrumentation from the horns to the uh, upright bass, which I assume, did you play the upright bass? Actually, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it by, by listening to it, but actually that's programmed. Oh my God, no way. Yeah, that's a, that's a sample. That's a sample library from a, a, a bass plugin called Trillion. That is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway. Sounds pretty real, right? It sounds very real. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I mean, putting that together and, and I mean, do you have influences that go back to that era? Like, are you dusting off your old, um, not even, not even like you're like seven old 78s, you know, um, maybe like uh, your grand grandparents left around. Like, cause this is like right. very uh, throwback to it a is, yeah. era. The funny thing with that song, um, uh, I wanted to do this, this throwback big band thing. And I am a big fan of old big band music. That that's a thing that that's something I, uh, from my dad, for sure. My dad loved all that stuff, loved vocal jazz, loved big band swing. And there's something to me of like, I feel like, like up-tempo big band swing is like the original feel good music. I think like to me anyway. Um, and I, I, I wanted to do something like that. And I, throughout high school, I was in the jazz band in high school and I was the drummer. Um, so that was really fun to t- t- uh, to dust off my old uh, jazz drum chops. Um, yeah. That was like, and dude, being the, being the drummer in a big band is like the most fun ever. Cause you just spend the whole thing setting up shots. Yeah, it's, super, yeah. it's super fun. <laughs> um, and you get to just beat the shit out of the drums. And that's perfect for me. Cause I only have one way I hit the drums, which is too hard. Um, um, but yeah, I, I really, really wanted to do a throwback tune, but the funny thing was, is when we we're mixing it. So the one thing I didn't, there's a couple of things that I, I was like, I want to do big band swing, but I want it to be accessible. So there's a couple of things that I changed um, from how original big band swing was done, namely the arranged, like the, the, the arrangement, meaning usually old jazz songs just have, they have like two verses and a bridge. Um, and yeah. then, uh, sometimes called a shout chorus at the end. Um, it's not a typical arrangement. It's not a pop arrangement. So I did follow a pop structure where it has like a verse, a pre-chorus, a chorus For and sure. a bridge For and sure. then a last chorus. Cause I wanted it to, to, to be a little more accessible than I feel like some that early jazz stuff. I love it, but I don't know if that's totally accessible to everybody. So I wanted to follow a pop structure with it. The other thing that's different is, um, all of those old records, those were just recorded with like fucking one microphone in a room right so or two microphones in a room um so if you listen to it and then a lead vocal just jammed right up front yeah um so if you you listen to it it's like uh, you can't really tell what's going on so this is like okay so we actually are going to mic the drums individually (laughs) we're going to you know we're going to record everything separately like we do in modern times so when we got to mixing then a lot of times when I'm mixing in the studio, I don't know if you guys do this, but um, usually I, I, I'll have a reference song going as well. So like, you know, I'll be like, okay, so we're working on this song and um, sonically it sounds kind of like this song that I think is mixed well. So let's AB versus that mix. Okay, and okay. Like, sure. is, is our kick drum as loud as that kick drum? Is our lead vocal as loud as their lead vocal? Little things like that. Um, but when it got to this song, we couldn't do that with anything because there's no, there's there's nothing current to even do that with. I tried to, I was like, I don't know, Michael Bublé, but not really. Yeah, uh, so, right. <laughs> so we just kind of had to go with our instinct and just kind of just hope for the best. Cool. <laughs> it's definitely a, a very cool track. And, and you know, thank you. It, it being between like a modern country song and then like the opening track, which we can talk about for a second too, this kind of like 
70s rock. I was getting like almost like a Stone Temple Pilots vibe at one point. Um, just an anthematic rock song with Chad Kroger on it. I mean, <laughs> how was working with Chad? Oh, dude, Chad's the best. I love Chad. Um, I mean, Chad owns, uh, is the co-owner of 604 Records that signed me when I was a teenager. So I mean, I've known Chad for years and years. Um, he brought me to Hawaii one time to work on a Nickelback record with him. Um, we've been re we've been uh, really good friends for a long time, and it's a total honor to to sing with him and um, and to to work with him. And you know, so basically, I started working on that. That was like the first song I started working on on the album, honestly, because. You know, Mariana's Trench, our first record had a lot of rock stuff, but we, we got fucked at radio because um, we had the loud guitars like a rock band, but I write yeah. melodies like a pop artist. I write pop melodies. So all the radio formats said, like, rock stations said, this sounds too pop, and pop stations said, this sounds too rock, and nobody would play it. Of course. So on the second Mariana's record, we'd had some success with much music, and I was like, okay, much music is playing us. Much music is pop. So we, we should push ourselves to cater a little more to pop. Um, so let's turn the guitars down. Let's, let's clean up the guitars. Let's get Ian off the crash cymbals and onto the hi-hat and just kind of like de-rock a little bit. Um, and so when it fast forward to now, when I started working on this song, I was like, I'm cranking the guitar the there we fuck go. up. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so it started off with, um, I'm a huge Lenny Kravitz fan. So it started off with, I was like, I want to write, I'm going to write a Lenny Kravitz song in my head. That's what I was saying. I can totally see that, man. Cause that's like what Lenny Kravitz was when he came out. He was like, it was the nineties, but he was throwing back to the seventies. Yeah, totally. So this makes totally set total sense. Why I felt the way about the song. That makes so much sense. And then I also thought, so anytime I have been drunk in a bar and there's some awesome cover band and they pull me on stage Every time it's ACDC, I always end up singing ACDC. <laughs> so I knew that, um, I knew that if I put my voice in the right range, I could do that, that sort of like chainsaw singing thing. Um, so I specifically wrote it in the same key as highway to hell because that, the no stop signs, there you go. that thing, right? So uh -huh. I, I knew that I could do that. Um, so I specifically put it in the same key. And then I started working on it. I was like, I wonder if Chad would sing this with me. And then I started picturing his <laughs> voice, which is a dangerous thing to do because once I pictured it, there was no going back for me. I was like, it's gotta be Chad. It's and gotta be Chad. And it worked out. That's amazing. And, and, and then it also became, I only know one person who could sing this and it's Chad. He's got to say yes, please say yes. And thank God he did. And you know what? Actually, he said yes without even hearing the song because Chad is an amazing guy. There you go. Not a highway to hell. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Well, hey, I know you got another interview. I'll let you go. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with me. About Always a this. pleasure, bud. April 8th, everybody, make sure you don't miss this record. Anything else to tell the people? I just, I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and thanks for listening. Thanks for having me again, Shane. Of course, man. So there is Josh Ramsey, of course, speaking very candidly about his new solo album the josh ramsey show which is out now 18 tracks and man i don't know what one i want to play i'm tempted to play lady mine featuring chad kroger because we just talked about it a minute ago however this literal symphony <laughs> that he wrote for his late father miles and miles featuring his sister is just such a beautiful song but I do encourage you to check out the entire record. You're going to find some amazing, amazing music on this thing. So be sure to check it out. Make sure whatever you're listening to this on, you hit that 
follow slash subscribe button. Seriously, it means so much. So just find it. Where is it? Click it. Click it right now. I'll wait. Okay. And keep this stuff coming at you. Remember, we have so many back episodes too you can listen to. And of course, every Friday, the new noise, talking about new music with me and Mike Howell. But here it is. The tune, Miles and Miles, Josh Ramsey on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. Your melody